Hello and welcome to the Two Tones. You can hear the smiles in our voices already. Tony DeBolfo. Greetings, Tone. Tony Moclair. It is episode 23. That has to be Mr. Molly Meldrum. Well, I'm offended, Tony, because as good as Molly was, uh, surely it's episode Jakob Vitri. Oh, yeah, and then we could throw in a special fried rice if you don't Well, mind. we could, and we could also throw in a Bert Deacon. Oh, yes. Our first Brownlow medalist who wore the number 23 into 98 games for the football club. Didn't get to the 100 game yeah. mark, um, and no. which means I don't think Bert's number is on the locker. I may stand corrected. I'll have to look at 23. But you know, um, I'd ransack the records to turn up an extra two in the Rezies or the, <laughs> I don't know, a jog around Princess Park and qualify as a game. Get him on there, won't They're you? Very, very true. Very true, Tone. Although now, maybe he played more games in another number. I'll have to check on that uh, question without notice. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Molly, um, uh, the player, not the um, music critic icon. Um, and... Strangely enough, the I think the only current player I've ever met who is into English miserablists, the Smiths, for a band, one of my favourite bands from the 1980s. So that's always good. Now, yeah, lovely, look, it's lovely. not about me. <laughs> Tone, well, can we talk? Oh, can we talk? I mean, I, I, I think I'm still somewhat euphoric after the weekend's oh. um, results, Tony. Um, what a performance from the team um, against the old foe. I mean, it was ridiculous, wasn't it? 12 losses on end since yeah. 2005. And, and some bad ones in there. Absolute horrific uh, losses in there. Um, in fact, I was casting my mind back to a game, I think it was in 2007, Yeah. when we actually knocked Hawthorne over in a, um, a NAB Cup game down at Launceston. And uh, it, it isn't about me, Tony, you're no. quite right. <laughs> However, no. I will say that yeah. Dick Pratt was president on that occasion, and I had the Is great the pleasure game? of catching the Learjet from Essendon Airport down to, um, down to the Launceston ground to see Carlton get up. Yeah. And I recall we were on the plane on the way back. I've told you this story. And uh, as oh, the plane was flattening out, yeah. um, the hostesses started walking down the aisle with crayfish and prawns and, and bottles of Moey. Because yeah. uh, Dick Pratt always said you have to celebrate the... Uh, the, the good times, they're all too fleeting. And I can remember Dennis Pagan was the coach and Sean Grigg, who had yeah, got injured oh, in that wow. game, was on the jet coming back. He needed uh, urgent medical assistance. Yeah. And um, we're all down there munching on Morton Bay Bug and whatever and I can remember Dennis Pagan looking up and saying, I've seen a lot of things in my time in football, but this takes the cake. <laughs> yeah. right. wow. um, so, so um, but it was, it was a... Um, Let's face it, a Mickey Mouse contest in Launceston. Uh, this was for premiership points. Yes. And the Carlton team, to a man, prevailed over a, um, a, a bona fide uh, opposition that has had the wood on Carlton for Lord knows when. Not only that, a supremely professional outfit. We know Hawthorne plays to win. You look at Luke Hodge, their spirit is kind of summed up by that man who's ultra-competitive, so they, they don't hit the paddock without wanting to win. And there was a mathematical chance, the most overused two words in uh, the month of August in any given year, mathematical chance that they could have got into the finals. So there was a lot at stake. There and was. Can I just say, just before we begin, Tone, being at the game, um, I was, the, the turnout of Carlton supporters who turned up knowing the record between Carlton and Hawthorne, um, knowing not what to expect. I mean, I, I went to the game thinking... 
look, we could be a chance or it could be another blowout. But uh, when, you know, like a lot of other supporters went regardless. And the turnout of Carlton Faithful was magnificent. It was, mag- it was magnificent. I, I didn't suspect a blowout because the Carlton teams that have taken to the field this year have by and large been extremely honest and have mm. managed to play out games. And you reflect on on games that have come and gone and, and you, know, he, you know, how long we've been in games for and you think about what might have been. But... You know, the coach has said all along it's, a, it's been a, a constant learning curve. Mm. And I just think that to finally, uh, for the team to finally prevail in a, in a tight contest and get over the line, it, it, what, what that must do to the collective psyche of the players mm. is, um, is enormous. And, and I just think, you know, is it a pivotal moment in, in Carlton's um, history? It may well be. It may well be. From this point on, maybe... The players, you know, having experienced uh, that 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 game and um, and been part of the, um, you know, the euphoria afterwards. Mm. Um, maybe I'm I'm a euphoria is too strong a word, but to be part of that experience in the rooms after the game with the players and with the the cast of '87, mm. our, our premiership players of 30 years ago, it was a special moment and a great moment for Carlton, the club. I want to ask you about that tone because um, obviously before the game, uh, the players went around and I want to, I mean, immediately after the game when I spoke to you, I said, because uh, I want to hear your riposte, I <laughs> I said, did David Parkin coach that last quarter? <laughs> to which you replied... Well, Robert Walls, I think, looked after the third, so um, <laughs> that, so it was a collective effort, Tony. Exactly. To take nothing away, of course, from uh, the great Brendan Bolton. But how much did, the, how much did that build-up contribute, do you think? Well, I think it contributed a lot because a lot was mentioned of it. And uh, one thing that's happened uh, under the... Um, or, or since the... Advent of the Lejudage slash Trig slash Bolton regime has been the importance of acknowledging the past mm. and, and respecting the history of the club. And a point, a real, a real point was made of the fact that, you know, the 87 premiership players, all but Peter Dean of the mm. 20 were in town and that the, uh, that, you know, the club had to respect and, and acknowledge the achievements of these men on a hot September day mm. 30 years ago. Um, so the players, the current players, were extremely mindful of it. I, I think that was a, that was very much a part of the preparation, but I think above and beyond, um, and I've seen a little grab of it too, where before the players run out where the coach says to them collectively, it's been 12 losses, yes. 12 losses to Hawthorne. The last 12 times we have lost to Hawthorne, 12 Twelve, and I think that was a pretty wow. powerful message that uh, the players obviously um, absorbed. Well, let's talk about those who did the winning. Um, it was uh, this is the first quarter was superb. Yes, um, Carlton's control of the ball, the uh, efficiency of the disposal, the crispness, the confidence that Carlton played with, the way they attacked. Yeah, attacked it. Yeah. yeah, it was it was second to none. And in fact, to my way of thinking. Tony, there was a chance that that contest could have been um, mm. could have been over by quarter time. I, I, we, we seemed to bombard the goals, you know, and there was a couple of unlucky moments in time. You know, the touched the yeah. touched uh, you, goal against Gibbs. Seriously, and then the, what happened from where I was sitting? That was behind the line. Yeah, no, the fingers the fingers moved as uh, Gibbs kicked the ball, so there was a suggestion that that ball oh, was touched. Okay, right. But the one you're thinking yeah. about is the picket. Yes, the picket that must goal. have been it. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this uh, in the hours and days since that 
if the ball hits the back of the goalpost, presumably the goalpost is thicker than the than the yes. line. Yeah. Then isn't the back of the goalpost actually behind, behind the, the line? line yes. So therefore, isn't that a goal? But maybe I'd have to get a ruling on that. But maybe the mm. maybe the goalpost in its totality is considered as on the line. Could so be. so I, I think we, I think we were we were pretty unlucky not to really really take early command of the mm. game as well as we played. You know, we just. We just didn't quite nail those chances, and it seemed that Hawthorne was under siege in that early, uh, you know, the early stages of the game. Um, true to form, you know, we didn't take the chances. Hawthorne clawed their way back mm. into the contest, and then from here, there on in, it was a bit of an arm wrestle. But thankfully, the players found what they needed to find when they needed to find it, and. Um, one of the great team victories of the year, Tony, without question. It really was. I'll tell you who was a standout for me. Pickett's game oh, was sensational. Absolutely sensational. Um, just, you know, silky smooth skills, his, uh, his attack. Yes. Um, set shot kicking um, and just his game in general, his marking. Yes. No, it's, it's true. And, and when you, you know, you mentioned uh, Jared Pickett, uh, you know that, um, that, uh, that a player like him is, is so... Uh, well regarded when you hear neutral commentators acknowledge, you know the the uh, ability of a player like Jared Pickett, and I think it was it was um, Richo who said during the commentary that um, Sosa's absolutely pinched one here. Yeah. You know Jared Pickett was taken by GWS at pick four, memory mm. serves, didn't really get a go at it through injury through the time that he was up up in um, Western Sydney, and. Um, you know, obviously, uh, Soss liked what he saw when he first t- took um, Pickett with uh, a GWS selection. And uh, aren't we fortunate that we have a play of his capability uh, here at Carlton? Because, you know, he's just he's just started... I thought he, I thought he really showed a bit against West Coast and he's mm. backed it up with a really good performance against Hawthorne. And I think, you know, with one game to run for this season... Um, he's going to take a lot away uh, um, through the pre-season period, Jared Pickett, and um, gee whiz, um, you know the the, um, the 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 fortunes of the Carlton team, um, I think, are really going to be solidly supported by mm. the likes of Byron Pickett. Byron, you would say Jared Pickett, um, a really good player. Um, we'll get to uh, the David Parkin medalist in a moment, uh, but um, the younger players have really stood up and contributed to a great win. This was the, probably one of the most heartening things. That, yes. Um, yes, there were, there were older bodies on the ground, more experienced players, but Pickett was one of a... I don't know, one of a cohort, one of a group of young emerging players who, yes. who in, a, in a very important game in front of a very energised crowd Well, that's really true. stood up. That's true. You know, in fact, you know, you, you, you allude to the younger players. You think of Zach Fisher, you know, um, you know just really like weaving I, I, and finding I'm, a way I'm through a, the, a fan. the witch's hats in yeah. the middle of the ground. Then you, you think of, you know, Charlie Kerner. We, we've all acknowledged his... Um, his ability already this year. Bokehurst played a really good Bokehurst game. Bokehurst played a really good game. You know, Williamson's getting um, more confidence with every game. With that, you know, he's a rebounding halfback flanker. Uh, we've just seen so much um, uh, input from, from these young guys. Burn is another one. Burn's another game. one. Yeah. Came in a, a great re- rebounding halfback flanker also. You know, Vietering really yeah. showed poise. I think that, um, you know, his capacity to hit targets, not, not panic under pressure in the last line, I re- really set Carlton up. We're getting so much um, 
out of these young players and, and there's so much upside to them. You know, even even those that may not necessarily uh, be regularly acknowledged, you know, you know, Jed Lamb, we'll talk about his game shortly. Yeah. Um, even um, Smets, who, you know, was such a good contributor until he got mm. that head knock. Uh, we're getting a lot of input from a lot of players, you know, um, and it's the collective that, that got Carlton over the line. There was no one individual that, 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 that did it. So... I think there's just so much to like about, in so many ways, mm. about where this Carlton team is is heading, and you know what it'll be capable of doing in the in the years ahead. It's um, it's uh, it really whets the appetite, Tone. Um, can we talk about Sicily's game for Hawthorne? He was slaughtered by the lamb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You've been waiting all weekend for that, haven't you? No, just <laughs> yeah. he, um, can I, one of, yeah. I think one of my fondest moments is after Lamb's beautiful set shot kick at goal, and it was a, it was a, yes. it was a lovely kick. Yes, he he ruffled <laughs> the hair of Sicily. Yes. Who, who then? So Lamb then got mobbed by Hawthorne supporters. I'm oh sorry, players, yes. as if to say, "Hands off the hair, bro!" And, and it was. It, it just sent a message. Yes. it was magnificent because Carlton won psychologically. Yes. Lamb certainly had the upper hand in that psychological battle, and his opponent gave away seven free kicks. Well, you could say Sicily. It was a very much a case of the silence of the lamb for, for Sicily. <laughs> but I, I just love the way that um, I mean, Lamb. Lamb's greatness. Um, was of, of his performance wasn't the fact that he was given a job to to negate Sicily, mm. who had been an extremely effective intercept player for Hawthorne in recent weeks, and also contribute um, uh, to the the scoreline. Mm. So I think on two counts, you know, massive ticks for Jed yeah. Lamb. And uh, what, what was interesting was that uh, Sicily was clearly being put off his game, as you said, but it also um, took. Um, a couple of players from Hawthorne's minds off what they were there to yeah. do because they were preoccupied and worrying about going in to protect Sicily. Mm. And I mean, I know Hodge had that... Uh, he was obviously concerned for Sicily's welfare and mm. was uh, focusing attention to ensure that Sicily didn't adversely react or, or do something silly, um, yeah. you know, just try and maintain his composure. But it was to the detriment of his own game. Yeah. So when you think of Lamb's... You know what, what Lamb did there for the team cause. He 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 contributed so greatly to mm. the to the the end result with um, to some extent having to give up his own game for the benefit of the team. You know, and to really really be in Sicily's face and uh, and cause a little bit of mayhem on on Carlton's forward line. And um, I think that's what I've liked about the Carlton teams under Brendan's watch. Uh, you know, since he's come to Carlton. Is that um, the, the the selfless acts that mm. it takes for a good team to prevail um, at the end of the contest? And and when you look at the teams that are playing off for the premiership this year, they're all, they, they're all playing that way. Adelaide plays as a team. Mm. Sydney are very good as a collective. Richmond Richmond have shown how how well they're teaming together now, and and you know annihilated from the end of the weekend. So it's the it's the good teams that win it. It's not the individual. It's mm. the it's the collective that gets gets the team over the line, and uh, and we're 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 in that phase where we're building our our team together, and um and uh, and I think just the collective um, is to see that team coming together mm. and playing for each other and all those selfless acts, um, 
Well, it makes your prayer to support Carlton, really. Well, it's a, it's a very positive note for the penultimate game of the year yes. on which to end. Can I just quickly touch on a couple of other games? Liam Jones's um, game, there was a couple of things. You talk about selfless acts. Yes. Just his ability to read the play and just materialise out of nowhere oh, yeah. and fist a ball away when, you know, it looks like possession is going to be turned over. Very true. And, uh, you so can that, remember that <clears throat> moment where he ran back the oh, same way. The yeah, ball to yeah. Spoil Roughhead for yeah, that, that, yeah, that was amazing. Yes, and he's such a strong player too. Like you know, he's not intimidated in the one-on-one, you know, the body-on-body contest. Yeah, and yet if he has to put on the skates, you know, to intercept a, a mark or to thwart yeah. a, a marking opportunity, he he gets there. Yeah, um, and then, I mean that's there's been a lot of great stories this year, mm. but his is probably the um, the ultimate success story. Is it? And uh, I dare say there's a the most improved award. Headed out of oh, well, he's, If he's there isn't, uh, the, the members will burn the place to the ground because he, he is one well-admired player at the moment. Doc's game, Tone, let's talk about that because you well, had the onerous job in a moment of actually giving us a 3 2 one. Well, you know, and um, rather, rather controversially, Tone, I haven't fitted him into the votes this week, oh. although that he was acknowledged as the David Parker medalist. You know, yeah. It was great to see Parker in the rooms presenting after the game. Look, you know, for weeks on end now, Tone, we've extolled the virtues of the doc, you know, and the, and the, the way, he, you know, he really, um, uh, lead, you know, leads the, the way for the team out of the back six, uh, how he backs himself, you know, fearless player, commits to every contest and helps set Carlton up. Um, it was another sterling performance from him um, at the weekend. Uh, I, I, look, I've said along, it's, to me, it's a two-horse race for the John Nichols medal this year between him and Cruiser. Mm. Could be horribly wrong, but I think they've been the, the mainstays of Carlton throughout the season. Um, couldn't fit him into the votes, Tone. In fact, it was a good problem because we had so many good players. But, but Doc, yes, mm. um, you know, in answer to your question, a, a great... A team man for Carlton, just wrapped that he's here playing for the club and grew up supporting Carlton, so you know his heart's in a tone. Oh, it's, look, it is another great story uh, in its in and of itself. Now, Tone, those votes. Well, the votes, I, look, I'm, I'm going for the youth this week, Tone, and I just love the way our young blokes went about it. I've gone with, gone with one vote to Zach Fisher. I thought, um, particularly the first half, uh, I feel he gave us tremendous drive yeah. at, at a midfield. And I will say it was interesting. It was at one point late in, late in the game, Charlie Curnow took a centre contest as well mm. as non-baller. So there's a player that's capable of playing anywhere. But um, we'll probably play, stay on the forward line, but did uh, get thrown on the ball at, yeah. at, at, at a moment. So food for thought. Zach, I gave one vote to. Two votes to Jared Pickett. I just thought he lit. Eddie Head Stadium uh, with his play, exciting player. Can't wait to see him play this week and, and into next. And three votes I gave to Jed Lamb uh, for his job on Sicily and mm. contributing to the scoreline for Carlton as well. Well played, young Jed, and um, uh, may there be many more good games like that for the Carlton Football Club. Uh, there were many, many highlights in that particular game, and it was a game that emotionally nourished all of us. <laughs> I am. Im- did did I'm you em- see that in the press well, conference? Well, I was emotionally nourished at the time, Tony, in the days since, and having seen that replay about eight times, I'm, a, I'm a emo- emotionally uh, what sated, I think yeah. the word is now. Uh, it was just magnificent to be part of that experience of the weekend, to be in the rooms as I said after the game. Now tell us the, about that. Well, well, it was fantastic to see, um, you know, the, the players sing the song and, 
as they did to see Stephen Coonan lead them in. Oh. Rhys Jones, John Doritich, Richard oh. Dennis, all of them came over from WA. Mark Naley, who's battled health issues, was yeah. there. David Glasgow, Tom Alvin. Uh, in fact, I think the only player missing was Peter Dean, who yeah. had... Coaching duties, bush footy at the weekend, uh, but no, uh, nine of the twenty were in the house. Plus Robert Walls, and I had the great pleasure of interviewing Robert Walls to camera after the the game. I don't think the interview's gone up yet, but I'm hoping it will. It's on CarltonFC.com.au. Yes, it yep. is. It is where he talked about how uh, proud he was to watch on and see the, the current players of today perform the way they did, and um, how. How upbeat and excited he was for the for the future yeah. uh, of this team under Brendan Bolton's watch, and above all, how much how much he and his players from '87 were made to feel at home when they walked into the rooms and, and were really, you know, franchised mm. uh, um, as you would say. So that sense of belonging is something that you know the clubs worked hard on for a long time now to you know ensure that the members, the supporters. And the past players are part of the journey that we're on. And it was just magnificent that the planets aligned at the weekend and that Carlton could break the hoodoo on a day that 30 years of a, since a, a great grand final was, was run and won. It really did have a, a touch of, I don't know, no, I don't want to say fairy tale, but it really, in terms of, um, I don't know, red-lettered days or, or memorable victories that yes. uh, the Carlton faithful are going to look very fondly back upon, that was definitely one of them. It, um, because... The spankings from Hawthorne were just, oh, were just yeah. getting tedious. Oh, that's right, that's right. And, and I mean, looking around the room, you know, I remember seeing the younger players there and taking it all in. And like David Parkin was in the room, Robert Walls was in the room, Kernahan was in the room. All they, all those greats of a, of a glory year at the Carlton Football mm. Club. And you look at it, and you, you you can't help but think, well, this is a this is this is a this is togetherness. This is mm. a club banding together and. Um, Let's be honest, Tone. You know, all of us have been through hell, you know, for the better part of um, 15 years mm. at, the, at the club, and finally now it's starting to come together. And um, I think that's that's such a uh, exciting um, scenario, you know, now that we all face it. All of us can see direction, mm. and all we can see is upside. And yep. um, and I think that's what what um, you know only adds to these victories that you know you know where this team is going and um, these little small steps along the way but they're steps that are, that are heading up the hill you know they're, Indeed. They're, we're going smart north smart recruiting and smart coaching uh, makes for a happy Carlton supporter absolutely next week uh, we travel on the road for the last game of season 2017 round 23 um, that is Saturday August the 26th at 4.25pm Sydney versus Carlton uh, they're coming off having beaten flag favourites at home against, uh, if I'm charitable, jaundiced umpiring. Uh, <laughs> but they did it anyway, and that was quite a victory. And you, you could just about hear a pin drop at the final siren. It's yes. one way to make 50,000 people very quiet. Well, that's right. You take the crowd out of it early, yeah. and uh, you know, you're halfway there. But you know, let's not forget, Tony, the corresponding game earlier in the year we did a number on Sydney, yeah. that game where, where they were in the mills. That's yes. And, and in fact, that for Sydney was probably the turning point of their season. I think they'd come off six, six or seven losses on, on the trot. Mm. And that last loss, I think, was the one that really served as a catalyst to get Sydney back there. The other um, thing to take from that initial game of the MCG was that 
uh, you know, Alex Silvani did a number on Buddy. That was, you know, that was oh, that was Alex yes. Silvani's first yes, game, so and, of course he's not and, he, and he took Buddy to the cleaners. Unfortunately, he's not there. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see who who gets in this week. You know, whether it's whether it's um, Jones, I suppose, there's be an opportunity. We're probably a bit lucky that the the game's been played on the SCG, and and a player like Franklin perhaps doesn't have as much space to mm. really, you know, stride as he as he can do. But um, I think we'll get a, you know, we'll be up against a, a vastly different Sydney yeah. outfit to that one we we met early in the year. Where Buddy got one one from memory, I and think even it was. that was a and it was a ripping a goal, goal too. Of, yeah. yeah, it was a goal from nothing. So was, Alex did such a good job. So I, there is, without doubt, um, um, the reality that Carlton faces a, a you know a pretty hard opposition going into the finals series and and really starting to build a bit of momentum. So it's going to be one hell of a contest. I think importantly for Carlton, they have to finish off the year well. Mm. You know, as, so they have to turn in their best possible result, whatever, you know, the best possible performance. If it gets us the four points, fantastic. If it doesn't, so be it. But I, I think this is our last game for the season and, and we have to make it a good one mm. um, just to finish off the an interesting year on a, on, a, on a bit of a high. Also, for the Carlton faithful in Sydney who will turn up and are always very vocal, Yes, um, important to put on uh, you know the best possible show for them as well. That's right. It's a twilight game, Tone, I think. I uh, believe so. Yeah. And is it on uh, Channel 7? Or, uh, or, or, good question. I'm not sure. Check, but, but of course, you will be listening to it on 3AW, of course. Uh, well, yes. And, and while I'm getting the pictures from the Grand View, I'll, have, oh, I'll be, I'll be audioed up. I'll All be right, right up. And can you have the best of both worlds? Yes, I suppose you can. Uh, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Tone, this is our second last podcast for the year. Yes. As we um, we r- rush towards uh, the conclusion. Um, so we will join you next week on The Two Tones. Yes, look forward to being here again with you, Tony and Grace, and um, to all the, the, the listeners, it's been a great week. May it continue at least for another few days, Tone. Indeed. All right. Yes, yeah, Richard Pratt said, you've got a, what was it? Celebrate. You've got to celebrate the, the victories because they don't come around often enough. Damn straight. All right, this has been the two tones. Tony DeVolpo and Tony Moclair. Uh Thanks for your time. Go Blues. Go Blues. <laughs>